Welcome to the Checkmates Go episode recorded here in the Checkpoint offices in Tel Aviv, Israel. Time surely flies and it seems like we've started the series yesterday and yet we are on our first episode right now. My name is Odeda Waskar and here with me are Hadar Wizen and Yoav Arad Pinkas again. And we're just back from a really long weekend. It was really hard for me waking up in the morning. I don't know what about you guys. And how was your holiday, your big weekend? What did you do? It was all right. I had to work, but other than that, it was fine. You had to work thanks to me. Thanks to you, yes. Yeah, I know. No hard feelings. Yeah, sure. Joab, how was your weekend? No, we had a great weekend. We went camping up in the north, uh, sat in a tent with the kids next to our stream. It was great. Good, good holiday. Great, great, great to see you again today. And uh, our incident response war stories are going to be delayed this episode. And, but still, we have here uh, with us Avigal Mechtinger, a security researcher from our mobile detection team. Avigal, thank you for joining us uh, on a fairly short notice. How are you? How was I'm your good. weekend? I'm great. It was a very good weekend, very fun. That's great to hear. Uh, what are you going to discuss with us today? Um, today I'm going to talk about a clicker campaign, which we found in Google Play. Um, and we dubbed it Priamo. Great. So we'll hear about this towards the end of the episode. And here are the other topics that we are going to present you today. So um, we'll dis shortly discuss um, uh, two, uh, two, 200 online university campuses stores that were uh, hit by a credit card skimming campaign. Next, we're going to discuss a vulnerability in Oracle WebLogic that's being exploited to deliver a ransomware. And I'm going to present the Dell computers that were reported to be exposed to remote hacking after a 17-year-old discovered a remote code execution in Dell pre-installed software. Okay, so a new vulnerability in Oracle WebLogic was found at the end of April, and it was patched um, pretty much uh, close by to the release of the POC, uh, proof of concept for the vulnerability. Um, so basically, this is a remote code execution vulnerability in Oracle WebLogic Web servers, uh, which could result in the execution of arbitrary code on vulnerable servers. Uh, so what was being seen in this activity uh, was that the vulnerability was being exploited to deliver a ransomware. Um, so we've been seeing a lot of this recently, where re new vulnerabilities are found in uh, different web servers, uh, in this case Oracle WebLogic, but in previous cases um, also PHP. And then the vulnerability is exploited to run, let's say, a PowerShell script in order to download a malware. Um, so what's interesting in that sense is that when you talk about malware and you know being safe on the internet, you talk about not clicking on suspicious links, um, you know links and emails that you don't recognize the sender from. But in this case, it's uh, you know the malware is delivered into your network and organization without any user interaction. Um, so a command is, in, is injected into your server, which will then download the malware straight into your organization. That's not the only point that's, that's problematic with this type of attack, since mostly when the, users, when the attackers sorry, are using PowerShell scripts, then usually this is the uh, fileless attack. This is where you know, the attack is being delivered to you, leaving no artifacts on your hard drive whatsoever. And that makes the, your antivirus solutions and other solutions really hard in detecting those attacks since the attacks are being injected directly to the memory and executed um, directly from the memory, which means that you're going to probably need some, I don't know, um, more advanced solution in finding those type of attacks. Um, by the way, Adar, this is not the first time that we've uh, experienced some Oracle WebLogic uh, code injections and some vulnerabilities that are being used in the wild. 
Can you please elaborate us more about what, what have we seen in the past? So there was a vulnerability um, around two years ago, also in Oracle WebLogic. And I mean, we've been seeing that exploited on a pretty much daily basis ever since it was released. Um, so, I mean, in this case, the vulnerability was discovered and it was immediately being exploited to deliver the ransomware. And it was the same back then also, because this is, you know, it's a classic way to, to gain entry into an enterprise network. And, and that's a perfect example, actually, since even though this specific vulnerability was patched two years ago, we're still seeing daily exploit attempts in, in ex trying to exploit a CVE that was published in 2017. So that, that means that there are probably a lot of users around the world that are using Oracle WebLogic, but have failed to update their specific Oracle WebLogic version, and they're exposed to that specific version. And all of a sudden, here we, here we go again. We have another vulnerability that can be used for a long time in order to infect some servers. Yeah, well, we, we just had something similar to this on Drupal servers. Uh, we got an Indonesian group called Planetwork exploiting a known vulnerability on Drupal, Drupal servers to inject commands. So, um, so the use of uh, known CVEs is really the, the common case. Um, mentioning um, Planetwork group, the, actually the special feature about them was not their... Uh, PTTs, their procedures, tactics, and techniques, but uh, how uncareful they were on the, on the basically on the verge of uh, bragging in their activity. So um, they they had like an anniversary movie on YouTube uh, that you could see all their f faces. They had uh, Facebook, they had Twitter, so they were really exposed, uh, which is why our researchers ma managed to complete the investigation. Um, with uh, like fully relating the attack with the specific group and finding the individuals and well you can read all about this in the uh in our uh, publication i think research is fun in general but this one was really unique in terms of we really managed to get to the people that are behind those those activities and and seeing their facebook sites and their youtube movies and sort of you know relating to the real life is what made this research story kind of a unique research. So that was really fun, at, at least in my opinion, in, uh, in, when investigating it, it was really different than what we're usually investigating, you know. Yeah, it's really, I think, um, maybe an, an, a frustrating point that most of the research concerning cyber uh, ends up with uh, three letters and a number. APT28 or, I don't know, a, a code name of some group or so. Name, yeah. and then, or an avatar, and that, for example. And you never have the sensation that you know who's behind it. In Planet Work case, uh, we see a happy group of people dancing in a, on, a sh on a shore on a northern island in Indonesia. You wouldn't really um, imagine that they're hackers. Yeah. They don't, so have, they don't have a hoodie on their head. Mm -hmm. Well, for the, uh, the next topic... Um, maybe an attack that was impressive mostly by, for, for its magnitude. So 200 university campus stores have been hit by a credit card skimming attack. Uh, Trend Micro dubbed it uh, Mirror Thief. Um, the attack targeted credit card details of students and other users of online stores uh, and sent them, of course, to a CNC server. Um, it wasn't made directly on the individual online store, but uh, on a, the e-commerce platform called uh, Prism Web. So it was kind of a supply chain attack uh, made on Prism web platform. 
So the attackers injected a skimming script into the shared JavaScript libraries on the Prism web platform. And thus, they sort of poisoned uh, everybody downstream, more than 200 campus stores, um, using those libra libraries. We've seen similar attacks made by the um, uh, MageCard group, or group of groups. Actually, it's more like a trend than, than a specific um, um, threat uh, entity. So we've seen MageCard groups um, uh, conduct such attacks on British Airways and Ticketmaster, but uh, Trend Micro did not link this uh, attack directly to any of the previous MageCard uh, group, so that's why they got a new name. Um, another interesting point is that the injected code was camouflaged to look like a legitimate Google Analytics script, um, and so was the, uh, the, domain, the, the, the domain name that they used. The difficulty to attribute this uh, operation to a known MageCard group um, comes from the fact that it was uh, that the schema was uh, tailor made to the Prism web structure, so it didn't it, it wasn't similar to anything that we've that we've seen before. That's it. That's that's basically the attack. Okay, so let me let me let me just let's get it straight since we used a lot of you used a lot of uh, complicated terms and all on and I think it's worth another mentioning. So basically, what the attackers did in this in this case is they wrote a code and implanted it inside the code of Prism Web, and then all the customers of Prism Web and in this case, online campuses, two hundred online campuses to be exact, were actually poisoned due to this script, and that enabled the attackers to receive a lot of credit card information and personal information on the users, which in this case are probably students that are learning in those campuses. Is that correct? Exactly. Perfect. So moving along, uh, let's discuss the, the Dell computers that were affected by a specific CVE that was released like two weeks ago. So if you have, if you own a Dell computer, like I think most of us, like, you know, at least I have, I have a Dell computer and I know also Hadar has one, uh, then you probably have their Dell support assistant installed on, on it as well. I mean, that's something that you're getting out of, out of the box, you know, in your default installation. And that piece of software is designed to check the health of your computer hardware and software. Now, what happened two weeks ago is that a POC video was published on YouTube, actually, showcasing how can a remote attacker use a specific vulnerability in order to remote execute some code on, that, on those specific machines who have the support assist installed uh, with versions that are prior to 3.2.0.90. Now, the interesting thing about this one is that this video was published by a 17-year-old kid called, uh, I don't know if you can call him a kid, but, you know, he was still 17-year-old, uh, Bill Demirkapi, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. And he is an, actually an independent security researcher from Boston. And obviously, prior to releasing the specific video, he contacted uh, the Dell security team about this vulnerability, which then they followed with releasing an updated version of that specific vulnerable software a couple of days after so if you do own a Dell computer, it is recommended that you update the software immediately since if not, you're pretty vulnerable to attacks that are coming from the outside, again, without your interaction. I updated my software. I didn't, but I should do it. Well, uh, following uh, last month's uh, Asus uh, attack, I'm not sure if you can really safely uh, download the updates from coming from your... Uh, yeah. Um, it's really similar. Even, 
the no, shadow, uh, shadow hammer in this one, I think, at least in my, in my point of view. No, I'm just saying the, uh, it's sort of ironic that you're supposed to trust, again, the uh, downloading the updates from, uh, from your laptop supplier, where with the um, shadow hammer, that was the source of the uh, poisoning. Yeah. So. It's, it's the same thing here. I mean, you're trusting your vendor to, you know, to give you your PC that is malware-free. I mean, it's not malware-infected. I mean, it's different than the Shadowhammer incident, actually, since mm -hmm. the Shadowhammer was obviously, you know, you were downloading a, um, a malicious, you know, a standard application that has some malicious components embedded inside it. So that, here's, this is a different story. I mean, uh, Dell are not, are not really, is, Dell is not, in, this specific software is not infected, but is vulnerable to, you know, to remote code execute on your machine. So, you know, it's maybe, it's similar, but not really, since we did not see any evidence of any group that is trying to actually, you know, uh, take use of that specific CVEs in order to distribute something we're currently not seeing any attack vectors that are using this specific vulnerability. Let's go to our uh, main guest. Main guest, yeah. Main attraction. Abigail, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Great. So, as we said earlier, um, you have a really interesting story for us. Please, the stage is yours. Yes. So, as I said before, I will talk about Priamo, which is a clicker we found in Google Play. Um, so in general, a clicker is a type of an adware. Um, and a clicker abuses the ad network's cost per click pricing model, okay? Whereas Roth Ad Network, which presents um, pop-up ads, uh, abuses the cost per melee pricing model for every 1,000 appearances of an uh, ad. Um, so the ad network will pay a certain price and a clicker um, the ad network will pay a certain price if there was a click by the user. So in this case, Priamo abuses um, the ad network's presage, AdMob and Mopab, hence Priamo. And what it actually does, it checks if one of these ad networks um, has popped a banner, for instance, and then fakes a click on it. Um, now, considering uh, these applications were more than uh, 90, uh, 90 million uh, times downloaded from the Play Store. Uh, it was a huge loss for the ad networks. I can't really say a certain amount of uh, number now, but it was a very, very huge loss. So, so basically what, what it did, you know, you went to download some specific, I, I'm guessing it looked like a legit application from the Google Play Store. Yeah. And then the actual uh, application what it did it did it, it did its job you know what it was supposed to do but in addition download faking a click for you is that correct yeah exactly um, all these applications uh, for example uh, flashlight and compass and abs and whatever they did their main job as their application but uh, in the background they performed clicked on behalf of the user so Mainly for the user, us, for example, which download the application, um, it's not really harmful, okay? The only thing it's, it, it does, it um, uses your uh, network bandwidth, your uh, battery and such, and it's very annoying and unwanted, and 
It's kind of, uh, you know, if a burglar, if a thief breaks into your house and eats a banana and then leave, <laughs> it's, it's not nice. You don't want that. It's unwanted. And this is like a clicker, okay? And the thief could also take stuff. They can take your laptop and, and same as clicker, okay? Clicker is very similar to a botnet. So in a very easy um, application update, Google Play, for example, it can become something much more dangerous for you. You can install whatever you want, basically. You know, once, once the application is installed on your device, when an update is exactly. being pushed to your device, you can just install it. Yeah, and for instance, these applications have a very big reputation in the Play Store, and it plays a, a very big role here. So applications can gain reputation in the Play Store, become a clicker, which is, you know, kind of under the radar, a bit gray. And with an application update, it can become like um, something more um, malicious. Like uh, they can turn your phone into a proxy, to a botnet, to um, uh, send a huge amount of requests to some server, um, exhaust it, like denial of service denial campaign, of service for example. Yeah, exactly. But the, the source, the, the original application, um, the implementation of the clicker inside is by the original manufacturer of the, of the yeah, application. Yeah. yeah. So cannot they um, like reverse, I mean, the, the publication companies, um, can't they reverse the payments? Like once you find that you've paid, I don't know, a certain amount of money to, the, uh, uh, to a, a specific app, um, I guess they can. Um, they can probably reverse. Yeah, the they payments. can reverse it, but it's still a huge loss. I mean, it's it's a huge hassle also to start reversing it. You you can also I mean I mean if if the, if the actual company has cashed in the money already, then it's going to be really problematic. You know, any future revenues will probably not going to be go through. But everything that was already paid and cashed into. Mm -hmm. I don't know, bank accounts or PayPal accounts or whatever they're using is going to be really, really hard. What was the reaction back. by Google? Google just took them off the, uh, so, the store? Yeah, Google took them off the store. Um, it's important to add that um, the all Priamo um, research was triggered by Craig from BuzzFeed, mm. um, which um, they asked for our help with um, checking a few Great. applications, which they found uh, suspicious um, because of usage of uh, permissions, I think. Um, although lots of applications lo uses lots of permissions uh, unnecessarily. Um, so what, this is what triggered this. Why do you think they chose to install, you know, they obviously have had the had the capabilities of installing something that is far more, I don't know, malicious and, and you know, and generating a lot more money if they use like, I don't know, ran no, no ransomware, sorry, um, um, crypto mining, for example, or botnets or selling services using, you know, your, your app as a traffic generator or anything else. Why did they choose the clicking, the install clicking? Yeah, right? um, so I don't know if a lot of people know that, but we found adware all the time. And the reason for that is that the advertisement industry um, spends over, for example, in 2018, the advertisement industries um, spent over $140 billion on advertisement. So 
hackers follow the money hackers will follow what is easy so it's like one plus one <laughs> as, as much revenue as possible yeah, yeah. without doing a lot of things exactly yeah, yeah. like installing yeah. something and that's it you know yeah. it clicks for you yeah and because it's a gray area of maliciousness it's it's not um, they're not getting tracked that fast so they can gain reputation at the play store like this and just stay there and gain money it's a quieter form of attack you know with a crypto miner if that's installed on your phone you're gonna notice after a while that your phone starts lagging and it's you know harder to open you know Chrome or applications with this I mean and the battery drains right and your fast. battery drains really fast I mean with this it seems the impact is On the end user isn't that great um, clicker they are clickers who can be much more noisy um, that can just send lots of requests to some ad agency and that's it um, at priamo it's a it's less noisy so yeah so the impact is um, but clickers and uh, miners are, are a bit the same at this manner and And I'm not sure what is more revenue here, but you can see that it's, I mean, the fact is that there are much more ad, rough ad networks than miners. Okay, so thank you very much for uh, including this uh, really interesting uh, topic. We'll, also, we'll make sure to include the full uh, research made by Avigail and a lot more members from her team down below in the description, so you can... read the full report and that's pretty much concludes our episode for today I think unless anybody has something else to mention so thank you again for tuning in and uh, we hope you have fun and that's it for today thank, thank you. you thank you thank you thank you